Today's episode is sponsored by vehiclescore.co.uk, the best site to visit if you want to make a more informed decision when buying a used car. Hello and welcome to the April episode of Charging Status, the UK and Ireland EV-focused podcast brought to you from the interface. As ever, I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Starling. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Hi, Alex. I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, looking forward to another show. It's been a been a very busy month, a lot of lot of news. There's a lot of news today, actually. So we're recording this on the 12th of May, and there's already some Honda EVs launched today, and there's some quite shocking Tesla news as well, which we'll get to in a second. Um, just to wrap up the stuff me and you did, um, so we, we published an episode of the, the show, a special episode on site from Fully Charged Show South 2023. So we actually recorded that in a Costa car park, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that was that was a good show, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was good to go. Yeah, it was really good. And it's worth going back and listening to that episode, really, because there was quite a lot of interesting stuff that happened. And um, yeah, just a good day, really. And we got to see a few things that we didn't necessarily expect to be seeing in UK, um, like the the F-150, um, several other little bits and bobs, didn't we? They had a Rivian there, which, as you know, I'm a massive sort of pickup enthusiast, despite having no need for one ever at all. Um, but yeah, some really nice things there. And obviously, we saw a couple of launches as well. So all that's covered in that episode. So go and check it out. Yeah, links are in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on YouTube, uh, links, that links are somewhere. Um, so that's awesome. So there was an event I went to, I think it was it must have been last month. I lose track of time nowadays. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, I, I went to the CV show 2023. Um, it was at the Birmingham NEC. Um, and, and yeah, I, I filmed some stuff for the interface while I was there. Uh, there was some interesting stuff. There was um, Maxis launched their new uh, eDeliver 7. So I went on the Thursday and on the Tuesday, they sort of debuted it. They used that event to debut their new van, which I thought was quite cool because there's not much stuff not much stuff happens in this country for car launches, which is a shame, but um, it's quite good that they use that place to launch that van. So Yeah, it looks quite interesting as well. I really like the design. It's got that odd sort of um, sort of logo in the grill. It looks a bit like the DPD logo, I think, but <laughs> a little cube kind of pattern, but it's really cool. Um, very different looking, quite striking in a world of sort of, you know, commercial vehicles can be on the bland side. I think that one, they've at least tried to put a bit of effort in to make it look a bit more interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I interviewed Chris Adams from Maxus. I uh, see he, he sort of heads up Harris Maxus. He's sort of the importer for the UK. Um, so I had a quick chat with him. Uh, it's in the video as well. Uh, but it's a competitor for the e-transit custom, which hasn't gone on sale yet. Um, two battery packs on offer, 77 kilowatts hours and 88 kilowatt hours, about a range of 226 miles, which for delivery stuff that's pretty good um there's obviously all the tech stuff inside you got three seats inside on the front in the front and also 12 inch big screen for car playing that sort of thing um and there will be some other high roof models planned so it's pretty good yeah very interesting um and there was also this i didn't do a video on it i didn't have much footage of it but there was this german van called the b on um and i managed to have a chat with a guy not on camera and he was saying that everything was rushed it was sort of this. This van was on sale in in the uh, in Germany for a little while. It was owned by DHL, and the day of the event, or the day before the event, they signed the contract to get, to for the importing rights for that that vehicle, um, which was crazy. Yeah, because um, this this is a crazy looking thing, and it? it kind of looks a bit like a G Wiz at the front, but yeah, you know, with a box on the back. Definitely, it, it's 
I never heard of it before the event, but as I said, DHR used to own the company. It was sort of a project between a university or a, like a college in, in Germany. Um, it used to be known as Street Scooter, uh, but the 10,000 have apparently been, already been sold and DHR are using them for all sorts of things. So that might be quite useful in London that, and cities like that. So Yeah, definitely. And I think in this day and age now where we've got so much of the last mile delivery stuff going on, particularly with even for things like food deliveries and you can now obviously order groceries locally on an app so you don't have to book in the big supermarket shop can really see a use case for it there where you might not need kind of massive range but you just want a small agile vehicle to get you around so yeah it could do well there's some big news today from tesla so this was literally literally announced a few hours ago so i used to write this together uh just quite quickly um the the Model S and Model X mm-hmm. from Tesla, they haven't been, from what I understand, they haven't been massively in stock lately. Um, and people have pre-ordered the Plaid, sort of the extreme version. Um, but going forward, the Model S and Model X will only be left-hand drive. Now, I've never driven a left-hand drive car in this country on the wrong side, if you know what I mean. Have you, have you done that before? Or? <laughs> yeah, I actually, there's a video on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Definitely Not a Guru, folks. Go and check it out. Um, little <laughs> plug there. <laughs> but Polestar lent me a Polestar 1. Mm. And, of course, they only made that in left-hand drive. And it's very odd. It, uh, somehow it feels... Um, rather more strange than when I've driven my right-hand drive car in France and things. That's right. somehow, and I've got no idea why. <laughs> it might might just be that I'm strange, but um, it, it just feels less natural somehow. But it is it is odd, and certainly when you want to do an overtake and stuff, obviously you haven't got the best visibility to do so, and um, you're much, much better off in a right-hand drive car in a right-hand drive country. Uh, left-hand drive country if you know what i mean yeah i i drove on i i drove on the left hand on the left hand side of the car for the very first time in march um mm-hmm. it's a very weird experience how, how many times did you go to change gear with the um the door handle <laughs> a couple times on the first day um but yeah. it yeah it was um it's quite quick though, really, isn't it? It's just when you first get in and out of the car and you go to get into the wrong side of it for the first couple of times. Yeah, that's that's one as well. And then when I came back as well, I was my positioning on the road was all messed up. Like I was hugging the hard shoulders, hugging the, the middle of the road. It was took me a few days to sort of <laughs> adjust. It was so weird. <laughs> and um no humans were hurt in the creation of this co- podcast, folks. We just need to get that across. <laughs> Alex didn't kill a man. It's um <laughs> It's just rumor. <laughs> um, yeah. So with the with the Tesla Model S and Model X, they've said that they're going to stop making right and drive cars. So there's not many places in this world drive on the wrong side. Well, I'll call it the wrong side. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so UK, New Zealand, India, South Africa, and Japan, and that sort of thing. But yeah. Tesla are claiming that they're doing it to improve the quality of the cars. Now, I have only seen a Model S in a store, and it seemed okay then. I don't really know what their quality is like, so I'd imagine it's probably for a good reason. Yeah, I I think that's probably a bit of spin that they've put on it. They've they've doing it to save money, like quite obviously, because as you say, right. they are they are smaller markets, and probably the Model X and the Model S, certainly in this country, they sell a fraction of the numbers that the three and the Y sell. You know, and you have to think in this country that the Y has at times been. Uh, the biggest selling car 
in the country some months. And yeah, yeah. certainly by, it's by far and away the biggest selling EV and the three's right behind it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think they've got so much of that market here already. Why spend lots of money adapting future versions of vehicles that will sell in relatively few numbers here? And, you know, it's a lot of effort for little reward. I don't know if the same is true in New Zealand, Australia, Japan, South Africa, etc. But I could see why they would do it here. But any reasons they, they put around it, the, the only real one is going to be cost saving, really, isn't it? Because you yeah. think they have, to, they have to retool and have a separate line just to make those vehicles for a handful of countries. Does it make well, financial yeah. sense? Definitely. I remember when the Model 3 came out, must have been 2020, and I was doing some commuting. And every I'd see so many Model 3s uh, out and about. And even now, even currently, I see quite a few Model 3s and Model Ys. And as you mentioned, yeah. the Model Y is one of the best-selling cars at the moment. Yeah. Um, and if if you do see a Model S on the road or a Model X, they're usually quite old now. Yeah. Um, you you very rarely see anything sort of relatively new with those two because the Model Three and the Model Y are out. Yeah, and they're quite they're quite well, well relatively well priced. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If you have if you did happen to book a reservation of the Model S Plaid or the Model X Plaid, you can now purchase left hand drive one. They'll they'll sell them to you now. Otherwise, if you're not too happy with that decision, um, you can get two grand off the purchase price of a new Model 3 or Y, which is quite a good gesture. Um, so, the, yeah, so they've, that's it. They're, they're not going to say we'll honour the existing orders or anything in right-hand drive. Yep. It's just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice gesture, as you say, but it was also a nice gesture when you left your deposit to actually give you the thing that you ordered, I guess, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, correct me if I'm wrong, have you reviewed a Tesla on your channel? I can't remember. Yeah, so I've um, had a Model 3 long range and a Model Y long range as well, actually. And I took the, I took the uh, Model Y long range from Guildford. I picked it up in Guildford and took it to Edinburgh. Okay, that's um, quite cool. And I, I did a video on that, did it over, did it with a friend over a couple of days. But um, we really were doing it to test what it's like to actually live with one yeah um on a on a long journey using purely public charging now obviously because it's tesla we had access to the tesla network and there were occasions when that made life much easier but um we did 1100 miles in total and we basically every time we stopped it was just a natural stop and if yeah. we ever stopped just to charge uh uh, we we timed it, and I think in over eleven hundred miles, it added twenty two minutes to our journey. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... you, as as I said, it, it wasn't really a fair fight because we had access to the Tesla network, and at the time, it hadn't been opened up to to everyone. Um, but it's no big deal, you know. If the battery's low, I think it's one time we we stopped for something to eat in a coffee at service station. The battery was down at about 16%. We went back to it, I don't know, 25 minutes later, and it's at 18 Fully charged. Yeah. 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 I think people forget how often you how often you just naturally stop. Like, even on my way back from Farnborough a few weeks ago, it was a two-hour drive or two-and-a-half-hour drive. I stopped twice. And yeah. I think in the time I stop, I would have, if I had an EV, I would have charged it um, at that time, and it would have added enough range. So, I think the other thing is, yeah, if you pull in at a service station for a wee, 
and you say you're 10 minutes because obviously you've got to get over to the service station from your parking space. You've then got to go past Smith's, like 50 different fast food establishments. The the man selling mobile phone cases at twice the normal <laughs> retail price. And then eventually <laughs> you can find yourself a toilet. Um, by the time you've done that and come back again, and on the way back, you're going to get a Greg sausage roll or a Mars bar or something because you know, it's that mind control that they've put you through. Um, so that's that's all going to happen. You've spent 10 minutes at that point, And in 10 minutes, you can get a reasonable amount of range into the car if you're on a high-speed charger. And yeah. we, we always talk about the, the range of the car, but we have to also consider the range of our bladders. Well, that's not something I have to worry about too often at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> well, when you get to my age, mate, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> The other, the other new car that was launched, uh, well, not, it's not been launched yet. It's the, it's been spied in, in California, um, and I know some people have had access to an early version of it. Um, so I know Nicola from Auto Express, and she did a video for Electrifying the other week, uh, yeah. and they got early access to this new Mini. Um, so the, the current Mini uh, electric isn't very good on range. It's hundred and something miles, um, mm-hmm. hundred and forty three miles, and I had one for a few days last year. And it, yeah, the range did dip quite quickly um, mm-hmm. when I drove it for a few days. Uh, but this this new vehicle is going to be, uh, so yeah. So with the current with the current Mini, it's a combustion car first, EV second. Yeah. Um, this new car will be. It's actually built in conjunction with GWM. Um, so the company behind behind Aura. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. So what what they're doing is they're going to make an electric version with a with the body on it. And they're going to do a petrol version with exactly the same body you know, built in this country. Um, mm-hmm. But the electric one won't be built in Oxford anymore. It's going to be built in China. Um, yeah. But the range the range is way, way better than the old, the current one. Uh, current one, is again, is about 140 miles. This new one's going to have 240 miles. Um, yeah. And a larger version could even have 300 miles. So what do you think about the design of this? Because uh, some people on Twitter, when it was spied, didn't seem quite keen on it. I think it looks quite good. Yeah, I'm... I don't mind it to be fair. I'm not like massively in love with it, but um, it feels like an evolution of the previous design. It doesn't certainly, I don't think there's anything offensive about it at all. And no. um, I, I quite like how the rear arches kind of push out a bit more. It's got quite a nice stance to it. So yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's one that will probably grow on me a bit as well as time mm. goes on. But <clears throat> yeah, some people have seemed to have been really quite upset by it. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they've actually taken from Great Wall Motors as well, because if it's the battery technology, which I'm guessing it could be, as mm-hmm. the the battery's changing so much, certainly the range is changing so much. Um, one thing that I noticed when I had the Aura Funky Cat is that the range seemed quite true. It seemed quite honest. Okay. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> certainly... Obviously, as we all know, everyone listening to this, I hope, uh, the, the range varies dramatically on EVs depending on how you drive the car, and it's sort of the opposite to a petrol car generally. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you much better range around town, and the range is going to drop more quickly when you're out on the motorway. But I did quite mixed driving in the Funky Cat, and it, it seemed to really kind of be quite true to life where something like the mg4 when i had that admittedly in really foul weather uh, delivered nothing like the 
advertised range. That was just my experience with that particular one. Yeah. I yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think the design looks quite good. It's 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 very clean. So the current one's got a little bit fussy little details, and especially mm. compared to the the previous one before that, uh, it's definitely a very clean look. There's a lot of sharp lines. Um, the headlights yeah. look very clean as well. So I I quite like the look of that. It'd be interesting to see when that when that goes on sale. Um, around the back, the Union Jack lights have gone. So I know a lot of people didn't really like that. Um, yeah. So they're more triangle-y shape now. Um, yeah. But yeah. And one thing they have done is, which some of the videos they couldn't show it, but there are some details about it. Is that central screen on the current current mini, mm-hmm. the, the 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 infotainment is just a square in the middle, a rectangle in the middle. They've mm-hmm. actually made a complete circle OLED screen, so it's edge oh, to really? edge. Yeah, so it'd be very interesting to see what that looks like in real life um, once wow. that goes, once that launches. That's quite an impressive yeah. feat. So, yeah, it really is. That sounds amazing. So that's supposed to go on sale next year. Uh, we'll launch next year. I, I take it we've got no pricing information for it yet. There's no prices no. for it yet, but no. the current one, well, the current mini was supposed to be 24 grand when it went on sale. It's now 30. Um, obviously, yeah. that's with the government grant. They got rid of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned you just mentioned the MG4. Um, that's actually won an award with with Autocar. Um, so mm-hmm. MG4 has been awarded. Yeah, Autocar Awards 2023. This was in. Uh, just the end of April, uh, they've they've awarded it the best electric car, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's won quite a few awards already this year, even even though it only went on sale very recently. Yeah, and um, I saw like the Ionic Six has already won, I think, World Car of the Year or something, and it's been out for sort of eight minutes it seems. <laughs> um, but yeah, MG4, and quite rightly, you know, it's a, it is a great car, and it is great value for money when you compare it to what else is on offer, and I think. Uh, so I'm told by some MG enthusiasts, uh, if you get the trophy spec of the car, which is the top spec, I think that one's about 32 grand, is it? Some In that kind of ballpark. Around that area, yeah. 30 yeah. grand, 32. Um, it's got different battery technology, and actually it holds up a lot better. Um, oh. and, and I think the one I had particularly suffered from the cold weather and I think the car that I tested out, I had the SE Long Range. Uh, I think the the range was possibly a bit more affected by that because um, we're in the UK. It was the middle of winter and we don't have a heat pump where some of the European countries, the car comes with a heat pump. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the time I'm running the air con and heaters and things to you know, bring some warmth into the cabin and that's all draining the battery. So <clears throat> my sort of... Comments about it might be a little bit unfair. But as for the drive of the thing, I think uh, you, you can have one soon, aren't you, Alex? Yeah, so in a few weeks' time, I'll have one, and there'll be a video for that on the interface, which will be, and we'll talk about that when, once, that's, once that's live, but yeah. Yeah, the fact you've got quite a short wheelbase car with uh, rear-wheel drive, yeah, I mean, it's just bags of fun to drive. It's really great on the twisty stuff, so I think you'll enjoy it, and you'll certainly see why it's won all the awards it has. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's what Autocar have said. They said road banners draw special attention to the MG4. It's just as competitive in other areas too. So it's good to mm. see it's it's won awards and they've sold a bucket load. So yeah, um, yeah. Charging status is proudly recorded using Squadcast. Squadcast provides an easy and robust way to record video and audio podcasts. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. Charging status is also proud to be hosted with Castos. 
Castos provides an easy way to host podcasts and distribute them to all the top platforms, including YouTube. Use our referral link to help support this as well as future episodes. Yeah, this, this the the next one is a car that we're not we're sadly not going to get here. Um, and this is from BYD. So we saw BYD launch the Dolphin at fully charged a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, but at the Shanghai Auto Show, uh, BYD said, "Build your dreams." Um, I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> they announced another another animal branded car. It's the Seagull, um, and <laughs> from what I can gather, it's about the same size as the Up, the VW Up, the one the car I've got. Yeah. Um, when BYD announced the Dolphin, I was surprised to learn I didn't know much about the company that they don't use cobalt in their batteries. Um, yeah. And this this car uses a sodium ion battery. It's, it's incredibly like much cheaper than using lithium ion. Um, mm-hmm. It can handle colder temperatures better, but the one of the biggest trade offs is that it just just charges a bit slower. But they haven't yeah. BYD, BYD haven't confirmed that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the main thing with this car is the price. It's just over, well, just under eight thousand pounds when if you convert it. Yeah, it's insane. And I mean, when you consider the slow charging, it's actually still got a really good range, hasn't mm. it? So it's like one hundred and ninety or two hundred and fifty-two miles of range. Yeah, which obviously both great numbers for a little car like that because most of the time you're not going to do long runs with it. And no. as you're not going to do long runs with it, if you've got a wall box at home, the charging speed doesn't really matter, does it? Because really. most people are going to do 10 miles in it, go home, plug it in again, and it's going to charge overnight. Um, so I don't see that as being a massive compromise when you consider it's an £8,000 car. Yeah. Um, but of course, again, to bring it here, they've got to um, export it to us. They've got to pay a load of tax on it, a load of duty. Yeah. Um, VAT's got to go on it. They've got to make it right-hand drive, so they've got to retool lots of things to do it. And um, I guess it all starts to look quite expensive quite quickly. What I find impressive is it must be due to the size of it that from such a small battery pack, they managed to get such a massive amount of range. Like the top spec ones, only thirty-eight kilowatt hours. That's compared to cars yeah. that we've got. That's quite small. So yeah, it must be so lightweight. It's unbelievable. Mm. And I guess the interior is going to be minimalist in the extreme. Um, but yeah, it is a really impressive range for that kind of battery pack. Yeah. And consider the price. There is a basically a 13-inch screen inside, um, yeah. which like the Dolphin and the Atta, it can swivel um, just by pressing the button. So it's got some modern tech in it. Have they, They've put that in the Seagull. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. Um. But at the moment, they haven't confirmed if it's going to come to the Europe or UK. But the one thing that has been released is that the importer for Australia have uh, said it's not coming. So that might give us some hint if a right-hand drive version isn't going to be available. Yeah, sure. Some really interesting little vehicles in the Chinese market, aren't there? These, you know, super tiny, very much sort of budget EVs. But there's some really interesting stuff. And you have to think yeah. if they came over here, you could almost see it becoming a bit of a a cult thing yeah i agree um like the only small car that we've had is the we've had the twizzy uh with yeah. well, the ami i suppose the ami's got more yeah. expensive over time yeah um that's yeah that's got a little bit more expensive over time and the up has been discontinued so there needs to be a bit more smaller cars really i like small cars. yeah and the, and the ami to be fair is really quite a compromise in a lot of areas isn't it where these these are cars as you said like a VW up where it's actually a really practical little car that 
a lot of people would have possibly as a second car um, mm-hmm. or as a, a city car sort of thing. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's a market for it and no one's really filling it. No, it's unfortunate. Mm. The We're on the subject of small Chinese cars um, and also MG. MG launched the Comet EV a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, this is a small little car again. Um, this has got a really small battery pack. Uh, it's it's slightly bigger than the Citroen Ami, um, and it's a lot smaller than the MG3. It's about the same price as that uh, Tiguan from BYD. It's seven, uh, just under yeah. eight thousand pounds. It's got a seventeen kilowatt battery pack with a range of one hundred and forty three miles. Um, That's insane. So, yeah, from what's quite good. Well, I guess it's they've already converted for right and drive. So the uh, customers in India. We'll about to order the Comet in the next few months. So mm-hmm. it's already right on drive because India's right on drive. Um, yeah. But it's not expected to come here, unfortunately. Um, I guess for safety regulations, maybe. Oh, yeah, quite possibly. I know that's not such a concern in some parts of the world as it is here. But um, no. <clears throat> so it's only 3.3 kilowatt charging as well. AC is done at 3.3 yeah. kilowatt. But again, yeah. how much of an issue is it on that kind of car, I guess? Yeah, it's probably a city car because um, hmm. yeah and everything's everything's stored at the at the, at the rear of the car so it's rear wheel drive uh probably the battery packs in the rear as well on the floor um, yeah so it's been done to a cost and also again with these small cars they're not compromising on the tech it's got a 10 inch screen with carplay and that sort of thing so it's it's, a, it's actually got two 10 inch displays yes that's right <laughs> it's amazing that these small little cars have got a lot of tech now so yeah it's not too long ago that we would have paid probably half the price of that car in, in certainly in some top cars to just get the infotainment upgrade, you know, to get the larger screen in something. Yeah. You know, two, two, three thousand quid for the top infotainment system. Um, yeah. It's, it's bananas really. Yeah. I remember messing around when I was a bit younger on configurator pages on cars and stuff as you, as you do. And yeah. Yeah. You, I remember vividly like four or five grand for some speak upgrades. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mad. Yeah. Um, the next one, again, another car from China indirectly. Um, it's the car we saw at Fully Charged Live again. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's the Smart number one or Smart hashtag one. It's obviously Smart. Yeah. One. <laughs> um, <laughs> this this is a car that's going to come here. And there are some impressive, at the top of the range, there are some impressive uh, figures on the Brabus version. Um, mm-hmm. This is a this is sort of the reinvention of Smart. Um, so Smart yeah. have, have for a long time made little little city cars and some sports cars in the early 2000s. Um, but this is the first EV from Smart that's going to come from that joint venture with Geely. Uh, so mm-hmm. Geely, that company that owns Volvo and Polestar and Lotus, uh, and they've got a 50% stake in, in Smart. Um, so this is like a small crossover. Yes, it's quite an interesting looking car, isn't it? I quite I like the look of it. I had a chance to sort of not get in the car, but sort of have a look in the interior. It looks very high quality. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it, I think it will be um, a, a departure from people that are used to kind of smart as a brand because it was always quite cheap and and no frills, but but fun. Where this seems to have taken away sort of the no frills side of things, and it seems to be yeah, quite an interesting looking car. And it, it's certainly not um, certainly not cheap either, is it? It's reasonably um well priced it's about 36 grand in the uk yep that's right 
Um, with a range of 273 miles on the more expensive units. They haven't revealed the range of the cheaper one uh, just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like modern cars, one thing that I read I read on the press release for it, that the cabin's got a 13-inch screen, but it will not use the... I never, I never uh, Actually, I've never driven a modern Mercedes at all, uh, but apparently mm-hmm. the MBUX sort of system isn't, isn't mm-hmm. that good. Um, yeah. So what Geely have done, they've sourced the software from a, a one of their partners, uh, e, eCarX. Um, so they've okay. they've built a brand new operating system for Smart um, from the ground up, which is which is quite good. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, <clears throat> I guess Mercedes would have some kind of stats on how many people just get in the car and plug in Android Auto or something. Um, yep. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I think now, I think we mentioned it before or <clears throat> maybe not on the show, but the, the amount of companies that would possibly benefit from just giving everyone a, a screen and allowing them to plug their phone in because still to this day, cars come out with fairly awful um, kind of built-in infotainment systems and you're just compelled to plug in your phone at the earliest possible opportunity. But yeah, yeah. it's good that they've they've taken that on and realized that it's not very good and, and had another crack at it. Yeah, it's good to see. Yeah. That reminds me, actually. I think it was a few weeks ago. Did you, did you see the news about GM? So um, GM have said that in their future EVs, they're not going to support CarPlay. No, I didn't see that. That, that, <laughs> that's, that seems like a bizarre move. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're going for um, a Google operating system. So some cars, I think, like the Polestar, have got a, yeah. I think it's called Android Automotive. Um, yeah. And they're going to not allow Android Auto or CarPlay in their future EVs. Um, and rightly so, everyone hates that decision. <laughs> it just seems bonkers, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, like with everything now, people just want choice. And sometimes, I mean, if if I were looking at a car now and it didn't have Apple CarPlay, I would move to the next. When I when yeah. I bought my four series a few years ago the first thing i did was have um, apple carplay retrofitted because the bmw system despite you know matt watson constantly saying that it's the the best thing since sliced bread um i thought it was pants and apple carplay's <laughs> m- much much better um yeah so yeah it seems bizarre that you would just cut off such a large chunk of the market yeah yeah uh, just, we'll have to see if that We'll have to see if that decision changes because they've just hired a, an ex-Apple uh, executive from the, the, the mm. software, um, I think, at the company. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Of course, that new Apple CarPlay is in development. And um, you you have to think that's going to come with a subscription fee. Yeah, I, it might do. Yeah, I've I've got a funny feeling that will become part of your Apple One subscription or something if you want the upgraded version of CarPlay. And maybe I, I guess maybe they didn't want there's some something around that and some sort of revenue sharing issues or licensing cost issues. Yeah, yeah but there, there must there must be a good reason for it. You have to think because otherwise, they're nutters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get back to the smart one. the The Brabus version I mentioned was is going to have. Uh, it's going to cost forty three and a half thousand pounds. It's going to have four hundred and twenty two yeah. brake horsepower. Um, and not 64 seconds, which is quite rapid for a little ACV. So that might be quite good fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. With something with that short wheelbase, that would be a, a, a great laugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> the next thing is the Abarth 500E. So I wrote a piece on on your website, notoguru.co.uk, um, yep. about the the upcoming 500E. Again, another car we saw it fully charged. A lot of new stuff at that show. It's good a good event. Um, so the the price at the moment that we know about is the is for the limited edition Scorpa. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely butcher this. <laughs> Scorpionissima, I think. Scorpionissima. There we go. That's Oscar award winning. That is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, that that limited edition is is about forty thousand pounds here in the UK, um, which maybe wince when I saw that the first time. Mm. Um, but the the lesser spec versions are going to be from thirty four, which isn't too bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> still a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and it's. I think the the Fiat, the standard Fiat five hundred e, which as you know, I I love. I I really loved my time with that car. I had one for a month, and I adored it. Um, but I just think that's way too expensive, because you know it, it is a compromised car. It's not got massive range. It's not got tons of space, and at thirty grand, whew, you, you could have an MG four for the same price as a as a Fiat 500 and then add a bit more onto this um it's a tough one i think particularly when you, as you said in the article you're knocking on the door of 40 grand for one when you get further up the spec but no doubt it's going to be a massive laugh and it's going to be a brilliant thing to drive because um it's essentially that great 500e with a, a with a quicker 0 to 60 time at the end of the day yeah and I did. I did think in the, like all cars in pictures, they don't quite look as as good as they do in real life. And the one that had it fully charged was that lovely yellowy, or yellowy color, yellowy yeah. green. And I, I'm a big fan of, of yellow cars. And that was that's. that's it, I love. I love the look of that. <laughs> it did look fantastic. Um, that color, by the way, in the Bath paint chart, I think is called um, Bin Man's trousers, but we. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get that confirmed but yeah, yeah well, it does if you were getting one you would have to have it in that color oh 100 it looks great yeah. uh yeah. and when we mentioned the price the the most expensive version is the 500e turismo convertible that's 42 jeez <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah I, I love the look of that it's it's, it's compromised but it's um it, it's cool <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that turismo could be worth a lot of money in future as well because um you know seven people will buy that mm. the, the convertible one at, at 42 grand so you never know that might become a bit of a collector's piece in years to come that makes me wonder actually because i was watching a video this morning um it's from chris harris on collecting cards they're talking about some fords they've got uh from mm-hmm. a collector on, on the auction site they're making me think that these cars are well combustion cars don't necessarily degrade much over time. That's forty years ago these cars came out. Mm-hmm. Now it makes me think like what's gonna happen to the EVs that we're buying today in forty years' time. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what's gonna happen to them. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually. I guess at some point you'll just you'll have to get the battery replaced, but um Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> it's one one for thought, that one. Because mm. uh, a lot of them have well, lot, everything everything now is run by software in the in the EVs, and if software isn't looked after, things can go well. If it's in our, if it's not if it's connected to the internet, which cars are now, it's 
things can go wrong. Um, so it'd be yeah. something to something to look at uh, going forward. Yeah. But, yeah, and if if in fifteen years of Bath say we're never going to, we're no longer going to support firmware updates. Yeah, for the, yeah. yeah, that's mm. a, a whole kettle of fish. That could even become like a cottage industry. Industry is, you know, third party companies stepping in and taking over. Yeah, mm. be interesting. Another another bit of news from MG. Uh, it's the Cyberster uh, Roadster, which was which was leaked last year, and I covered that on the interface. Yeah. It was leaked from patent images last year, and then just last month we got some uh, photographs from the Chinese government uh, that got fi- like filings and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yesterday, uh, at its design office in London, uh, MG announced the the new new Cyberster in the flesh. There was a yeah. select select media was there. Um, I didn't get an invite. Well, I'm going to have to write a complaint for that. <laughs> Funnily enough, neither did I. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love the look of that. I mean, from the from the day I heard that they'll make an electric sports car, I thought that's going to be cool. Um, yeah. What do you think? I think it looks absolutely amazing. I love it. I want one. <laughs> or, the, yeah. no, or actually, they, they didn't invite me to that launch, so I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um apparently it's it's classed as affordable which i guess for a ev roadster is it's 55k um yeah. and that is what well that's not too far off most ev suvs really yeah and so, if you I, I guess if if you compare it to that kind of sports car i mean until we see a few more numbers on it i guess it's going to be difficult to to know what it is competing against in terms of internal combustion engine sport cars. But I, I don't know, is it going to compete with things like the um, Porsche Boxster or it, it, the artist formerly known as the Porsche Boxster? Or <laughs> are we looking more at a competitor for something like, you know, MX-5 kind of car? So it'd be interesting yeah. to see where they, how, how they pitch it and what, a few more of the numbers look like on it. Yeah, so I haven't put it in the article, but the well, the, the most expensive version is going to be about sixty-five k. That's what people yeah. estimated. That's going to have five hundred horsepower and four-wheel drive. So that's yeah. the that's the big top version, and then the the base model weighs just under two tons, so it's yeah. quite heavy. Um, and that's rear-wheel drive for three hundred and ten horsepower. Um, so it's yeah, it will be interesting to see where where it goes in the market. Um. Mm. But it's got a when the media had took photographs of it yesterday. There's a yoke steering wheel like the Tesla. Apparently, that's not going to yeah. make production. Yeah, okay, which is quite good. So I'm not I'm not overly keen on that. No, I'm not. I think they look quite cool, but in practice, I'm sure it'd be blooming awful. Um, and you know, a lot of people just drive along with a hand on the bottom of the steering wheel, and if you have to adapt your in, entire kind of driving technique and yeah, yeah. Your, your sort of cruising position again it becomes a, a compromise i think a few people didn't did it didn't they after the um after the tesla announced the plaid mm-hmm. uh that that toyota bz4x or the subaru version of it i think the solterra did i think they showed that with a yoke but it never actually made production or not here and a couple of others, and then they said, "Oh, it won't be in the production one." Yes, yeah, looks quite. Looks, I think it looks really good. They're, they've got three screens inside with lots of animations. You could put dials back on the screen, and um, 
I think they're going. I don't think they're going to sell many. And MG have said they're not looking to sell many. Um, but it's yeah. more of a Halo car, which is a a good thing for any brand, really. Yeah, definitely. I guess what do you think about um, the five hundred horsepower one? We'll be going to get up against the F Type as well. Well, yeah, that's that's being cancelled soon as well. Yeah, yeah. So possibly natural successor. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, uh, we, me or you, can have a go in it. It'd be looks like it'd be good fun. So uh, hopefully, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this was announced today as well. The we uh, we covered it on the podcast last year, November, I think. Uh, this is the the Volvo EX90, uh, mm. massive, huge electric SUV from Volvo. It was going to go on sale early this year and then be delivered to customers in 2024. However, due to software issues, they've actually delayed it. Uh, so production is now going to be going to starting next half of uh, 2024, so the second half of 2024, and the deliveries are not confirmed. So the deliveries were going to be early next year. They now said we don't know yet. Mm. um not it's not really clear what production what software issues they've actually had um i'd imagine it's probably safety given the delays but it's 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 been it's been delayed so yeah yeah i i would guess safety too maybe something around autonomous driving or Mm. something like that um yeah it's odd for volvo to announce something and then miss it Mm mm-hmm like really odd, yeah. I don't usually quite a very organised company. Um, yeah, massively so. Yeah, if you did want one, the order books actually closed last month. They've had full allocation so far. Um, it's an expensive thing. It's about hundred k. Um, yeah, right. I wanted one, but there there were a hundred thousand reasons why I <laughs> I couldn't order one. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, but <clears throat> the Volvo are getting massively into subscriptions now, though, aren't they? So. Mm. They're really trying to push subscription a lot. And I think it's part of this trend that I think yep. is happening where the manufacturers are trying to kind of force out the, the dealers. So, yeah, if you, if you did want to subscribe to a, a, a EX90 when it comes out, you'd be looking at about 600 quid a month. But that is everything taken care of, I believe. Care by Volvo. It's insurance, I think, uh, yeah. maybe charging. So that's all the electric car news for the month of April and early may as well uh, we've got one bit of charging news that i thought was beneficial to talk about um tesla have announced that some pricing this isn't going to affect us sadly um but some price cuts are coming for their superchargers in europe um so at the moment the price per kilowatt hour in germany for example is about 59 cents um to 47 cents that's going to mm-hmm. come down to 52 to 39 cents um so it's a, a quite a big quite a big drop in in in, in charging uh, costs um, yeah. Again, that doesn't look like it's going to affect us. So, no, of course not. Yeah, uh, that's that's quite a good uh, good thing for uh, our listeners in Europe. Um, again, not coming here. So, um, in the month of April, what cars did you drive? I've got written down here the the G80 Genesis and the Hyundai Ioniq Six. Um, how are those two cars to drive? Yeah, so I think they were the two EVs that I had in April. So yep. I went to the, the launch for the Ioniq Six. Um, not the, not the one some time ago, this was actually one where we could, a lot of journalists were there and, um, Mm. we could all actually take the cars out and we did a a route in them, sort of a full kind of drive day with, with the Ionic six. And, um, that was fantastic. Actually really very, very good. I had the base trim, which I think off the top of my head was premium. 
Okay. And uh, it was a rear wheel drive, really amazing through the twisty stuff, lovely thing. Uh, obviously, much of it is an Ionic 5 underneath, so the same kind of battery pack, the same um, uh, motors, all that kind of stuff. But it feels incredibly different to the Ionic 5. Uh, it really couldn't feel more different to the Ionic 5 in some ways. The Ionic 5 feels more of a family car. The Ionic 6 feels like that kind of exec saloon that you can have some fun with on the twisties. Um, Now, I'm going to drop a little bit of an exclusive here that I don't know if I've even told you about, Alex. I think I'm still waiting to get it confirmed when I saw you at Fully Charged Live. But uh, Hyundai are lending me an Ionic 6, and I'm going to be doing a trip across Europe in it next month for a video. Um, I'm taking a YouTuber called Tom Shorrock, who some of you may have seen, TCR TV. Uh, Tom uh, specializes in sort of classic mini restorations, but um, a few other bits. And we're, we're going to take it to um, from Folkestone over to France, Belgium, Holland, and Germany in one day. And we're going to try and do it on a single charge. So video <laughs> coming on that next month. Um, the other car I had this month was a Genesis G80. And it was the, obviously the G80 electrified. So I previously had that car as a diesel. And it's an incredibly refined car. The quality mm. of everything is superb. You know, the, the interior is just up there with anything you can get your hands on, really. But the diesel engine was slightly agricultural. It was a bit like an old 2.2 litre Mercedes diesel. It had that sort of rattly sort of taxi vibe to it. Um, (laughs) And despite the cabin being quite well insulated, it still came through a bit and it didn't seem to fit with the car at all. Um, You put the EV set up into it and it's amazing. It's, It's just the car it always should have been. Because, right. you know, if you've got that refined drive with the, ref- the refinement you find elsewhere, unfortunately, because it's, uh, you know, it's not an EV first car, you do lose a bit of the boot space and the floor's a bit higher to accommodate the battery. So you lose a little bit of the leg room. So it feels like um, it's not a 10 out of 10, but it's probably a good 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure when they do version two of it, it will probably be EV only and they'll have dealt with those issues. So, um, but great car. I really do love the Genesis vehicles. And if anyone's in the market for something like an Audi or a BMW, I would urge you to go and check out a Genesis because it could be you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, Genesis is owned by Hyundai, I think, isn't it? The same group? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Is that is that car doing any sharing between the Ionic range or... Um, the, the motors possibly, but I think they're different battery packs because that G80, I think it's an 80 something kilowatt hour battery pack where the Onyx is 72, I think. Um, and certainly anything that is shared is not abundantly clear apart from Mm. stuff like the infotainment system you can tell is, you know, based on the same system, which is great. And it's the same system you get obviously in Kia as well. Yeah. Um, albeit in the Genesis, usually with an absolutely ginormous screen. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that a, a second gen version would probably based based on Ionic to save cost. I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the GV60 is an Ionic Five. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. 
yeah, yeah, it's just EV6, Ionic 5 and GV60 are essentially all the same car. Um, And the GV60 feels like a premium Ionic 5 where the EV6 feels slightly different to the other two. Mm. Um, But yeah, very, very similar. The, the, um, the GV60 is just a tiny bit shorter. It's not quite as long as the other two. Yeah. 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 Hyundai, Hyundai Kia definitely becoming sort of the, another equivalent of VW group a little bit doing one platform sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in terms of, I think in, in a few years, people will talk about them in the kind of regard that people used to talk about VW and some people still do. Um, But they, they just seem to be so far ahead of people like Ford Yep. Um, who who who'd have thought that would have happened? I know, crazy. I, I have got an electric van coming this month, Alex. I've got Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got Mercedes Evito coming for a week, so that'll be a new one for me. And oh, um, yeah, and uh, I've got a couple of other things. I've just had the plug-in hybrid of the uh, um, Kia Exceed. Um, review for that is now at my channel, and now. I think next month, next week, I've got the Lexus RX 450H, which again is a plug-in hybrid. So that'd be an interesting one. And then, um, and then we've got our drive day, SMMT drive day uh, coming up at the end of the month, which you're coming along to. And I'm yep, sure we'll good. get to drive some very interesting things at that. Yeah, so we'll have a chat about about those in the next episode, or maybe even a special episode. Not too sure yet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to do the thumbnail of you sort of van style arm on the window sort of definitely <laughs> yeah. daily daily star on top of the dashboard um <laughs> remains remains of a ginster's pasty yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah looking forward to that I, I love electric vans so be interested to see what you think about it good good thanks for joining me jim again for the april episode of charging status as always you can find this episode on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify and more For a full description of the show, visit the episode link in the show notes. And of course, check out the chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. Thanks again to Vehicle Score for sponsoring this episode. You can find out more at vehiclescore.co.uk. We also have an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcasts. That will help support this episode and future podcasts from the interface. It also has a book out all about used cars. Be sure to check that out. It's a great read. Link is in the show notes. Cool, that was a, that was a good episode. Thanks for joining me, Jim. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Sorry, I, I'm lacking sleep and time this week, so I feel like I've been absolutely atrocious in that one. So thanks for <laughs> pulling me through by my ankles, and we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uh, you can check out all the, the news articles at theinterface.uk uh again links are links are in the descriptions and the show notes and also those chapters as well thanks for listening uh, and we'll see you again next time thanks everyone cheers today's episode is sponsored by vehiclescore.co.uk the best site to visit if you want to make a more informed decision when buying a used car